The Dead Set Legends are up in a sec. And it'll be worth the wait. You don't have to wait for the Toyota Kluger. It's in stock now at Newtown Toyota Welcome East Big Park. Welcome to Dead Set Legends on this Saturday. Uh, Leachy in the hosting chair for this morning because our usual leader, our captain, mm. is unfortunately not here, but it doesn't matter uh, matter because we've got some absolute stars as always. For example, legend Mickey Barlow, mm, former nah. one-time captain of the Fremantle Dockers. Hello. <laughs> uh, only a handful of people have ever... Captain, the female Dockers. I am one of them. Yes. So, now, good to be along. Britt, yes. how are you? I am very well, and I'm really impressed by you this week, Mickey. We've lost our fearless leader. <laughs> oh. He's down mm. south. He was yeah. chomping at the bit to get away uh, on radio break, which they seem to get a lot of breaks in radio, do, is what I've As good as teachers. Noticed. Absolutely. What but about our stand-in today? That's it. Hopefully it's a long-term thing. Greg Hyatt. <laughs> what an adequate replacement. Thank you. When you keep talking about legends, I'm like, Mickey's still here, <laughs> Brit's here, Leachy's here. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I you fit in perfectly. No, thank you. You so fit in perfectly. Leachy, uh, Leachy yes. just a quick one. Because we haven't got Zave today, yes. and he's probably never communicated with me more in the week <laughs> that he's going to have a, a, a week off. Yeah, so I agree with that. He's, he's vibrant. He's up and about. Yeah. But can we get Greg Hyde to bring that energy today? Oh, you want a little bit of energy? You mm. want a little bit of... Uh, I want a bit of this. I'm a high-energy guy. Oh, I reckon we could get a bit of high-energy guy out of Greg Hire. So Mate, that's, your, that's your brief, Greg, today. I am high-energy. And after hearing that warm-up or intro, I was got goosebumps. I've been a bit flat lately, seeing no. your beautiful face. I am ready to now go. Now you're up and about. <laughs> Nicky Barlow, last night it was a tight game between the Cats and the Lions. It was a tight game, and it probably shouldn't have been a tight game. The stats indicated that the Cats should have won by a, a wider margin. 10 points in the end, 80 to 70. Inside 50s, Geelong smacked them 60 to 42. But at the end of the day, Brisbane Lions just hung in and hung in and hung in. So in terms of a result, you know, Brisbane go down, but they probably should have gone down by further, in my opinion. Greg, did you run your eye over the game? I didn't want to ask you about the uh, dubious call. Tom mm. Hawkins, the oh. push in the back. Thoughts? Well, down there, Jam HBA Stadium. I don't want to be too uh, political or dramatic, but they get the run of the green down in Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) As a defender, surely you're going, what more can I do? Front position, just two-hand shove. I love Hawkins' like celebration too, like I haven't done anything wrong. Like yeah. you, you've been, you've completely shafted. I was cheering for Geelong. I love Tom Hawkins, yeah. so I was happy to see it. But, gee, they got that wrong, didn't they? They got a few things wrong in the call mm. last night. Triple M rocks footy, doesn't it, Britton? Absolutely, it Triple does. Triple M rocks footy. But in the pregame, we love uh, the Friday night call team. Nathan Brown, one of the best experts in the game, he went on record and said that Dan McStay is not worth that much money that he's being spooked to be paid. Howie, some homework for our resident Jerry Maguire, Nathan Brown. Ooh. McStay has put off talks at the moment with the Lions until perhaps at this stage of the end of the year. I think at least one Victorian club would offer him six years at around 600 a year. But there's plenty of demand for McStay. Gee, I, I, if I was in charge, I wouldn't be parting with 600 a year and I wouldn't be parting with six years. I think McStay's a very good third, fourth, fifth forward. So McStay is uh, he's a very good third, fourth, fifth forward. I think they must have been playing the pregame, Greg and Britt, in the Brisbane Lions room. because <laughs> He was listening. Have a listen to Dan McStay's night. Try and get the full distance this time. Oh! Back of the pack. What a game he's playing. This man, McStay. Fine grab by a fine forward. He might have looked up at Nate Brown, Turing, <laughs> yeah. after he took that. Like he did. It was a good one on the mark out. McStay to kick his second. And oh. he squeezes it through and turns around and says, how do you like that? To the Triple M comedy box. 
So it was either the Triple M box that brought him into form mm. or remembering last week, I think mm. it was, maybe the week before, it was Zay Vellis's bet for us with Good Tab point. Touch. Yeah. Three right. goals we needed from McStay. How yeah. many did he kick that day? Zilch. None. Yeah, mm. But it got better from the commentary box. Fumble, but his second if it was good. Oh. Got it to McCarthy. McStay's been the hero all night. It's in his direction. Oh, oh, oh Dan McStay. <laughs> what about that? You knew he was going to get it, Howie. Unbelievable stuff. Greg, has there ever been a player in your time at the Wildcats that just stood up when something circled about his contract? And someone said, you and I, will just role players. So I'm not speaking for you, but I'm presuming we were just on the bare chips, the minimum chips. Mate. Any player in your history that uh, just got up for the big moment? Oh, Bryce Cotton and I hung on by the thread. And sometimes I said, mate, it's my contract here. If we're not winning this championship, I'm done here and my home's going to be taken off me. But, yeah, it's always those guys. I mean, McStay, I mean, like the commentary adds to it. Uh, Damien Martin's another guy. I know he's listening. And, and he'll, Good he'll morning, Marto. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be hearing this. But, um. I know as a role player, you sort of have those moments and sometimes even, I remember one time I hit five threes and there was a chant going around the stadium for hire and I was like, is that actually really me <laughs> or is there a fire chant like going around and they're trying to get kick people out? But uh, yeah, I'll hang on dear life. Mm. Well, I never really made the most of my contract years. So I was, uh, <laughs> 2016, I thought I'm going to you know, fox him here. I'm going to have a big year. And it uh, didn't work out so well. We went zero and 10. I couldn't get a kick. I was playing for Peel Thunder after eight weeks. And I was out the door pretty quickly. But uh, in all in all, last night, the, the Cats, they keep to defying the critics uh, in terms of where they're going, knocking off the previously undefeated Brisbane Lions. Absolutely, they did. You know what I saw in the rooms afterwards, though? We talk about high-energy guys. It was very mm. low energy from the Cats. I don't know if they're just a very sort of vanilla sort of response after a game, but they were very quiet. Well, there was a bit of uh, tension. This is a modern-day rivalry, Greg. This is a modern-day rivalry, Chris Scott, Chris Fagan. There was a bit of animosity and tension as the cameras panned to them on the field after the game. Mm. Well, I want to ask that, because that was funny. You were, they were shaking hands, and I, I saw Chris Scott go up to Daniel Rich, shake his hand, and then mm. they, like as coaches, you thought there's a, a mutual respect, but didn't show that. I want to pan to Lockie Neal. There's sort mm. of talks. Is he a top-10 player? And then the booing. Your thoughts on that one? Because, mm. I mean, he's, he's world-class. Yeah. He is. He is world class and he's a great man and he uh, stood us up this morning. He's meant to be on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not world class at all. He's dead to us. We will ask him all about that next week because he's mm. promised to come on uh, next week after their Easter Thursday match against Collingwood. But that, there's a lot of animosity and tension in that match. In terms of rivalries, I, I noted last week watching the Derby, the Derby's fizz, fizzing mm. a little bit. It's quality teams though, so right? Flat. You yeah. wrote about that during the week. And then, but what I am seeing and what we are seeing is there's legitimate rivalries being born out of significant moments. And the Chris Scott, Chris Vega one from last year where Chris Scott, he's not backwards in coming forward, came down and was uh, fairly verbal to Chris Vega. And there was a lot of tension in that match. And then there was a decision late in the game that could have gone Brisbane's way, which would have given them uh, the result. So that did flow into last night. Uh, and so it's a big watch your space with these two teams because they'll be up there uh, come the end of the season. <laughs> Perfect time to talk about the Perth Wildcats. Mm. Greg Hire because... They should be making the finals. They're fourth at the moment, but it has been a little bit up and down. It's been a frustrating year. I think the the loss to South East and Melbourne Phoenix on the or like the other night will basically solidify the Wildcats spot. But it's been a frustrating year. I don't think you can dismiss the current record or the, their form because of the huge absence of Mitch mm-hmm. Norton, who, in essence, if you look at him, is 
as of, as important or more important than Damian Martin. Way better offensively than Damo was. I would even say better defensively. I'll put it on record. Oh, he's <laughs> listening. Are you just saying that because he's listening? Damo's just clicked off. He was, we've given him a couple of jabs today, but he's clicked off. Hey, Greg, the, the Wildcats, they're back, in home, have, back mm. at home and have been home for a, a little while, but that hasn't really turned around uh, their form in recent times. Nah, they've... Um, it's dipped. I think there's obviously the outside noise, and as much as you would know this, Mickey, best is you try and eliminate that. You still can't uh, completely not absorb yourself in it, and so that's cause an issue, I think, internally. Mm. Um, and then momentum. You're playing really hot teams that have just mm. sort of um, find them at the right time. Talk to me about that uh, external noise because in the past, your team, your Wildcats, when you were in the red with all those those guys that would flush that out pretty significantly. You know, this John Brown discussion and, mm. and what's going on there. So that's just a, a subtle shift in, in where the culture's at or, or, or where the, the dynamic of the team may be at. Yeah, funny you say that. My last year, there was noise about people getting fired and replaced. Mm. It was even, yeah, it was actually going to happen at, at some mm. point. Um, but internally, the group, it never was really there. There was not, like, you know, it wasn't media reports or plays, oh, this is the guy that's going to get brought in. It was sort of like a, a vault. Um, mm. And so... As a professional athlete, yeah, you knew that was a, a high likelihood that there's potentially going to be changes, unfortunately. But yeah, it was a bit different. So whether that's sort of um, shifted this year, or and, and that and that happens with uh, wins and losses. Wins will sort of hide a lot of things as well, right? Yeah. And so because the form has sort of changed a little bit, there's the microscopes around there. There's the heat on it, new ownership. It's just a a recipe for sort of a lot of change in that regard. So, look, perfect time to get a good, a good win against New Zealand. Mm. Um, but they'll play Adelaide and Cairns, two teams at the bottom of the ladder. Mm. Momentum is an incredible thing. They all can start rolling. And if you can win five games hitting the playoffs, they'll have a, a, a world of confidence for sure. See, how important is that schedule then? Obviously, you mentioned they beat the Breakers on Thursday night and now this run home is on the easier side of things in terms of the ladder positions. How important is that to get those sort of lower-hanging fruits at the back end of the season to just get that momentum going into finals? Massive. And I think it's funny because you, you notch and go, that's an expected win because they're at the bottom of the ladder. But those teams, you're thinking about it, yeah, they're, they're looking forward to Mad Monday, but there's really <laughs> players um, playing for contracts, mm. right? Or they've got nothing to lose. Like they're like, it's a free hit. I'm going to go out here. This could potentially be my last game, not only for this mm. club, but in the NBL. So... Um, yeah, sometimes that goes in. They go, you know, like a Cairns that plays in a warehouse, gets to play in front of 13,000 fans. How do you not get excited for that? Um, so, yeah, look, momentum is incredible at this time. Like, everyone sort of thought, hey, they're going to win nine games at home. That was never going to be the, the, mm. the case. Obviously, losing three wasn't ideal. But I think if they can roll, and especially playing Illawarra and South East Melbourne, who are potentially two playoff teams, that's actually really good. Um, preparation to get into playoffs, competitive teams, um, who that you will play in the finals. Well, let's hope oh. the momentum can keep going mm. their way. Mick, you know what happens when you're a respected, retired player and what they ask I you don't. to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, they ask you to come back and do a jumper presentation. And Greg, you've done that this year. Oh, I was chuffed. Oh. I um, I remember just sitting there one year, Eric Watterson, the role model, or like mm. Paul Rogers comes in and I'm like, there'll hopefully be me. And I'll have the opportunity to share some words of wisdom. I don't mind talking. And they called you. Yeah, they called me, got a phone call from the GM. Mick, that ever happened to you? Well, it hasn't, Greg. And uh, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up. But it's timely, Britt, Greg. Because the phone rang during the week. No, it didn't. It was Kelly Black, uh, a lady that runs events and organisation at uh, 
at Fremantle, and the phone rang. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's a big chair. Who are we playing this week? GWS in Perth. That's logistically tough, but I'm going to make it happen. But she wants me to MC an event for the Easter Sunday clash, Fremantle versus Essendon in Melbourne. Okay, Britt and Greg. Yep. So I naturally think that's a precursor to actually presenting a jumper oh, okay. eventually. So you're going to start with the MC and work your way up to presenting a jumper. Well, if not, if they don't ask me to present a jumper, I don't care if no one's debuting, no one's playing a milestone game, I'm going down there and hanging all the jumpers on the hooks and uh, allowing each player to go and grab their jumper for the match ahead. So, Greg, well done to you. How many how many uh, jerseys? What do they call it in basketball? Jer- jerseys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, just not, not good jerseys for how sure. How many jersey uh Presentations have you done for the Wildcats? No, that was one. I handed out four to the guys. There was some horrible haircuts, um, (laughs) and I I stated that straight away. I was like, "What is going on here?" Uh, Gave one to Fraser, who's now was potentially going to leave. So, tell tell you who's got the worst haircut: Jesse Wagstar. (laughs) Has he got? He's got the worst haircut, but he's also had. All the worst haircuts. He just hasn't had one. It's all of them. There are some shocking haircuts going around in mm, sport at the moment. Like horrible. Let's do it. We've got a special guest. We're all going to play this. The big, big sound. Great song. One of the best in the AFL. And we are joined. The big, big sound. And we are joined by one of their, one of their greats, uh, Matt DeBoer, who is the only man that Ross Lyon has regrets over delisting. Good morning, Matthew. Hey, g'day, Biles. How are we going, team? Uh, the team's going well. How's your team going, GWS? I think you're off for a, a team walk before the big Starlight uh, Foundation game tonight uh, against the Dockers. We are. Yeah, we flew in yesterday, and the boys had a captain's run on Optus Stadium, which is, I think, one of the best in Australia, if not the best. Love getting over here and getting to play in front of my friends and family. So, yeah, a few of the boys hadn't played on there, though. So that was good to get a look around. Final team meeting sort of last night, and, uh, yeah, we're ready to go. Tell us about the significance of the Starlight game for you. I know you've been very involved with the organisation. Yeah, it's a fantastic organisation that you know was introduced to me in my first couple of years at, at Fremantle um, as an ambassador and loved going into whether it was the hospital or, or events and, and with a few of the other boys and just trying to help you know play our role in, in brightening the lives of, of seriously ill children um, and what, what Fremantle do ongoing is great. And then when I moved to Sydney, I was able to sort of maintain um, a position there and join the advisory board role uh, in New South Wales and, and continue to try and have an impact there. Maddie, I've just been heard off the line that you may be the smartest human being, not even the smartest footballer, smartest <laughs> human being, and then hearing an advisory board, yeah, venture capitals. <laughs> I mean, is this, are you a potential CEO of an mm. AFL club in the future? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I was smart enough to handball the ball to Mickey Barlow. That's all I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was taught. <laughs> well, well, you weren't taught because I yelled and screamed for it like a man possessed, Matt. But uh, in all seriousness, you've brushed that off. I've off air said this guy uh, maybe not the smartest. Oh, you are. You're you're clever enough, but in terms of drive and your commitment to, you've got more fingers. You've got you've got eight fingers, two thumbs, and they are in pies all over the shop. Tell us about a couple of your uh, your business ventures off to the side. Um, yeah, so I founded Athletic Ventures, which is a syndicate of past and present elite athletes that invest in champion founders and their teams. So, yeah, we look to invest in 
um, you know, private companies that are that are growing fast and where you know a bunch of athletes could potentially add value uh, whilst being on the cap table. So it's been a good journey. Got plenty of help and yeah, building a community as well. Mick, you get a phone call because I heard elite athletes and I haven't got a phone call, mate. <laughs> no, I, haven't, I haven't had the phone call. I These think... two both have their uh, hands up in the air, ready to send you some cash. So uh, get in contact with them. In all seriousness, Matty, uh, obviously you're known as a tagger and a goal kicker, but uh, who are you going to today? Mm. No, good question. I think um, obviously with Dave Mundy coming back in and Brayshaw having a great year, there'll be a, you know, a couple of people that you know, we could potentially go with. But um, you know, last week, I got full credit to Lockie Ash, who had the run with, and I just chimed in every now and then and, and tried to give him a hand where I could. But you know, we've got a lot of great midfielders as well that they'll have their hands full with. Selfless, Matthew. You, you know you did as much work on... Uh on that Took Miller job as Lockie Ash. So it was all you. Don't worry about Lockie Ash. But in terms of the tagger, mate, it's back. It's it's back in vogue. It was out last night. We were meant to get Lockie Neal on the program today, but uh, Mark O'Connor was still harassing him and taking his phone off him, so he couldn't get him on. How happy are you to see the tagger back and that tactic being implemented more? Yeah, I should have said earlier, I'm just glad that Mickey Barlow's not out there having 30 and kicking one for us to worry about. But um, no, it, honestly, yeah, I did it in 2019 and and 2020 almost every week and I think it has a, a place in the game to try and put some attention into, you know, the best and um, and then you can sort of go to work from there and allow your other mids to, to play a bit more of an offensive game because um, at times, you know, you can try and back your system in, but there's some superstar players there and if you don't have attention to detail on them, they can run away with the game. Right. How did GWS win tonight? What do you need to do to get over the top of the Dockers? Yeah, watching them last week, obviously, they're, you know, they're all buying in, having a real crack, they're maintaining possession of the ball really well. So, you know, if we can get them into a contest and we can bring in the pressure that we did um, last week consistently, then we feel that we'll be able to you know, run away with it in the end. Mate, we were speaking about outside noise uh, a little bit earlier and there's contract negotiations around Leon Cameron and unfortunately I'll bring it up, but mm. how are you keeping that outside the club? Yeah, it's it's a weird one because, you know, I'm starting to see and, and hear about the external chatter, um, but internally it hasn't been mentioned once. And uh, I mean, Mickey and I are very familiar with contracts being put on hold to the end of the year. So <laughs> it's part and parcel of um, of footy at times, but no one's working harder than, than Leon to, uh, you know, bring the best version of himself. And he's challenging us to do that as players as well. So he's got fantastic, you know, relationships with the players uh, and just constantly challenging us to get the best out of ourselves. So... I think it's one of those ones that, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens at the end of the year, but he's um, he's just, you know, putting his best foot forward every day and, and we admire what he does. And I know you've got to go for a team walk, so we'll let you go very, very shortly. Last one for me. One of your great mates and the bromance of all time, Tendai Mazungu and Matt DeBoer. Tendai will be in pink tonight, uh, or purple, being the runner for the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, what's the what's the chat, the banter like as, as he'll run past you tonight at some stage? Yeah, there's been a few text messages this week. Uh, obviously, he spent a year at, at the Giants as, as well. Um, he might be wearing his Giants Speedos underneath, though. So just, we won't be able to prove that, but I, I reckon he'll be wearing them underneath his purple kit as well. But no, yeah, good. I'll probably see him um, after mm. the game as well for a big hug. Mm, beautiful, mate. Well, you go enjoy your walk. Good luck tonight. Uh, yes, uh, GWS versus Fremantle Dockers. I think Fremantle by two points, Matty, but you'll uh, do a great Ooh. job, okay? So good luck out there tonight, mate. And uh, 0431 744. <laughs> 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 the venture capital uh, guru is Matt Shabor. Thank you, mate. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Pedal to the metal. And it's lights out and away we go. This is 
Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. That time of the morning on the line is our good mate Greg Rust from the Rusty's Garage podcast, which you can get for free on the Listener app. Welcome, Rusty. Mickey, Britt, Greg, good morning to you. Nice to see you've given Greg a set of keys today too. Yes, yes, Greg, higher in the chairs, Abe Ellis. Uh, who knows what he's doing? Not welcome back though. Hey, Rusty, <laughs> glamour on the grid, record crowds after a couple of years being in park because of the pandemic, the Australian Grand Prix, brum, 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 it's happening as we speak. It's finally back, Rusty. For the record, glamour on the grid, those words and Greg Rush should never be used in the same sentence. Yeah, they're talking about 112,000 fans here on Friday, which is huge. I've never experienced anything like it. Biggest we can recall is in the high 80s. I think about 88,000. So it's a significant jump. Sell out today, sell out tomorrow. Um, I just can't underscore what a great feeling it is just to have uh, live motorsport at this level uh, back. I was there when the press conference broke uh, in 2020. It was huge with helicopters flying overhead. And, the, and that was the moment for me of reality that something pretty serious in the world was going on. So nice to think that's now uh, looking more and more like a distant speck in the rearview mirror. Rusty, Ferrari again looked fast in practice yesterday, mate. Are they going to be favourites for heading into qualifying today, mate? Yeah, they probably are. Um, Charles Leclerc says they still have a bit of work to do, but the lap he did yesterday is the fastest we have ever seen around Albert Park. And his teammate Carlos Sainz was fastest in session one. So they look good straight out of the box. There's been a lot of changes that have been made to the track. Mark Scaife and a, and a team of about 300 have done something like 45,000 hours worth of work around the, the track. So it, it still retains the essence of what we know and love about Albert Park, but man, it is fast in a lot of places. Now, uh, you'll also probably be asking about Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren. Both uh, Dan and his teammate Lando Norris were in the top 10 on Friday. It's not a huge improvement, but you just sense there's a little bit of sugar there that they've had um, maybe some sort of improvement in that car. So hopefully a step in the right direction for the rest of the weekend. Well, let's hope so. Supercars also a huge part of the schedule at Albert Park. Full championship round happening on track. Yesterday, Chaz Mostert took out the first race, but there was another driver who had a belter. Mm. Good drive by Chazzy. So it's his second win of the season off the back of that Bathurst victory last December. But the, the drive of the day, the man of the match, or whatever you want to call it, I guess, uh, arguably goes to Shane Van Gisbergen, who started outside the top 20 and came through to finish on the podium. And he's talked about it being one of the most fun drives or fun days he's had um, in the office for, for quite some time. Now, there were some tyre issues that others had to contend with, and that'll be a real talking point with two races today and another one tomorrow. But a, a mighty drive from him from uh, the back of the pack, effectively. Thanks, Rusty. You go enjoy that Grand Prix. Catch Rusty on Rusty's Garage podcast through the listener app. We'll chat to you next week, mate. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's one of my, my favourite events of the year and busy, but uh, just bloody love it. It's great here. The checkered flags out for Rusty's Motorsport Update. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Bendix brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. My fiance pregnant, 24 weeks or 23 weeks. Not sure what the photo was this week. Weekly, you've got to take a photo. Anywho, <laughs> the baby is on its way and we're past halfway. I don't halfway. like that cry. That's a terrible cry. <laughs> Gives me anxiety. <laughs> Anywho, my sister, my beautiful sister, she had a baby during the week. We were stoked oh, in the Barlow family. So a new baby, a new uh, nephew of mine, um, which is great. And then it comes through the photo, happy and healthy, great news, all of that. 
baby boy. The name is Name X, and my heart sunk, guys. My heart sunk. Why? That was the name. If we are to have a boy, that Riley and I had decided we oh, would call our child. No. So she's yes, stolen I, your name. Well, did she not, know? Had you had any open discussions to say, "Hey, I, we were thinking this name, workshopping some mm. names together." No, we didn't. No, oh. funnily enough, I don't have those type of uh, conversations with my sister. We don't really <laughs> workshop baby names and uh, get too emotionally connected around that stuff. But that happened. So now we're back to the drawing board, guys. So we've had this name in, in our heads probably for six to nine months, if it is a boy. And now I've got no bloody idea what's going well, on. I reckon you just go Billy Senior. Oh, sorry. Mm. I just actually said my name. Sorry, mate. I hope I didn't just... Uh... Excited, you just said X, but yeah, well, no, or well, you should trump him. It'd be Billy Jr., wouldn't it? Yeah, but that's a, you don't, no one asks, though. Like, if you say, no, no, you no. You can't I'm have the seven. same name. No, you definitely can't. I was in a similar predicament. Uh, my wife is doing this all the time. There was, there's a there's an app, Mickey, where it's like mm. Tinder for baby yes, names. Kinder. Yes, Yeah, and you go through, and I remember getting um, text messages all the time at work, what about this, what about that? And I remember saying there was a name, and my very firstborn, uh, ended up being Sullivan, but uh, I said Sully, and I was like, not a fan. But then when I got Sullivan, she's like, you've already said no to that. Anyway, for <laughs> I hid that name in secrecy, and I went and saw the movie Tom Hanks, uh, and the preview <laughs> come up, and I was like, awesome movie. And then at the end, this massive word just comes across Sully, and I was like, oh my it's god, it's going to be about eighty-four <laughs> new Sullivans <laughs> named, and we're going to lose it. But we, we were right; we ended up getting there in the end. What is the degree of separation that's required? Okay, so family, being hmm. it's your sister, that's a no-go. You cannot have the same yeah. name. What happens if your heart has been set on the this name, whatever it might be, for years and years, and your mm. friend, someone at a footy club, someone at oh. your sporting club, like what is the degree of separation required that you can go, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to have the same name? No, nah, not, not footy club. There's no mm. way. That's why you get it. As soon as now, Mick, if there's a good name, you yell it out, like even mm. tweet it, I reckon, or Instagram and say, hey, anyone yeah, who wants to. Yep, that's, uh, <laughs> the, the little <laughs> TM <laughs> <laughs> trademark. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Greg, uh, the circle of friends I roll with would just do it out of spite. <laughs> yeah. they, if, if someone was to have a baby, they'd just be like, oh, well, I hate that name. But Mick said he was going to have this. So we're going with it. I uh, think it won't matter. I think you'll have a girl so that the boy mm. name won't be in use. Although that was a that was a bit of a unisex name. You could have gone that yeah. for a mm. – would have you gone that name for a girl? Uh, no, I no. don't I think we've got something else okay. tucked away. How many times have you thought of a name and then you've gone, that's a bully that was in primary school <laughs> yeah. for someone, oh, I actually dated that someone. It'd be the yeah. worst for a teacher. You're um well Riley is a teacher exactly. and Greg, you're you're you've um you're been in the position to be in this circumstance. Yeah, I, I had that m- memory growing up. I was like, whenever I have a kid, I'm ne- not going to call him Sam. <laughs> I, I used to be scared to go to the, the toilet block and feel that he'd bash me, this guy called Sam. <laughs> yeah. Those with the touch, choose Tab Touch. Better your bet and download Tab Touch today. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Sending you into the weekend with a winner in your hand. Oh, you beauty. <laughs> this is Brit's Best. And the money we raise goes to Lifeline, thanks to our mates at Tap Touch, Britt Taylor. Let's try and get ourselves a winner today, please. All right, let's try do that. Lots of shorties on the program today at Ascot. So uh, we're going to go to the Derby, and it looks like oh. it's a race into Tricks of the Trade v Alaskan God. If you like the pair, wouldn't be afraid to Quinella them. But 
I'm going to go with Tricks of the Trade here. Alaskan God got the better of him last start in the lead-up race, but Tricks of the Trade made a huge sustained run. This is the horse that they fielded a million-dollar offer for, and the owner said, Mm-mm, no, thank you, don't need the money, we want to race on. So mm. let's hope they can win the $400,000 WATC derby today. Okay, so uh, give us uh, the race and the number. Race eight, number one, Tricks of the Trade. Okay, lads, um, mm. it's oh, fair to say he, that it's gone a little... nestled up. Well, I was going to say, the last couple of weeks, it's gone a little flat, obviously not just for Brett, but for the boys as well. <laughs> and Greg Hire has stepped in. That's all right. Well, look, my favourite number's four. So well, I'm Greg. obviously going to go into a four-legged multi. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and my so I'm going to go into, look, my Eagles are my, my, my team. Uh, I don't think they're going to win. You're not backing like, Eagles, No, 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 oh, no, no, no. But I'll get them on the line. <laughs> right. I reckon they're all right over there. Okay. Yeah. So, Colling, Collingwood are up and flying, but no, Greg, this is... They've got to come is... down at some point, you know. Mm. They're, they're, yeah, I'll give them, give them Mick. I understand you're, what, what uh, you're is an that line? Space. What's uh, the line? 26. Eagle. 26 okay. and a half. So just to be competitive and dour. Yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, all right. All right, next. Uh, into uh, Jack Redden at 25 disposals. Mm-hmm. Okay, with the one, a friend of the program. Thank yes. you. There you go. And uh, I'll go into a, a Frio win. I was thinking. Um, Starlight, Purple Haze. Exactly. Mm. You know, Get it done. Um, okay. And Mick, do you want to add Dave, in? Dave Mundy's back. Okay, yes. so he's, he's my favourite. He's, he's going to play until he's about 50. Yeah. So <laughs> give, give me an indication of... Um, He'll he'll get a fair bit of the ball today. Okay. Greg, so throw so twenty five. Suppose you reckon that'll do. That's yeah, good. done. Legend done. Right. That's that's we're there. Four okay. leg multi yeah. for the boys. What's that pain? Uh, uh, Eighty four bucks. Likely. <laughs> 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 so repeating. Ascot race eight number one tricks of the trade for Britt Taylor and for the boys. If you want to, West Coast at the line. Jack Redden at twenty five plus disposals. Freeo to win and David Mundy twenty five plus disposals. I wish you You're the best welcome. of luck, lads. Thank you. Uh, uh, let's see if we can make some money for Lifeline. <laughs> That was Brit's best for Tab Touch. Get more good podcasts on the listener app and get into Newtown Toyota East Vic Park. Let their family look after yours.